All right. Welcome to the Inspired to Be Authentic podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lancedell. Inspired to Be Authentic is a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. Today is episode 28, 29, and we are um, talking about navigating jealousy in relationships. And we are joined by Hannah and Mason. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank <laughs> Hello. you. <laughs> uh, so just a, a little bit before we introduce um, them formally, um, just what this podcast is going to be about. So navigating jealousy in relationships, we are going to be unpacking this for most people, very challenging emotion um, and very challenging relational dynamic to um, work through in a relationship, whether you are in a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship, this can still be a really challenging thing to, to unpack. So we're going to be talking a bit about what jealousy is, the purpose and the meaning behind it, um, how it shows up for us, why it's so hard for so many people. And then we're going to talk about feeling jealousy. Uh, we need to learn how to feel this feeling. Um, it's there for a reason. So we need to work with it. Um, so we're going to unpack what it looks like to repress or avoid jealousy, to over-regulate it, uh, what it looks like when it's under-regulated, and then how we can bring balance and, and regulation to this emotion. So I'm really looking forward to having these two here uh, to help unpack this, this complex topic. Um, so I want to introduce you guys separately, and then we'll introduce you together. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with Hannah Beth. Um, so Hannah Beth is a spiritual being on a journey to enjoy all the ecstasy this human experience has to offer. She has studied and experimented many different paths in the wellness and holistic realms. She is a holistic nutritionist, Western herbalist, yoga teacher, energy worker, and new paradigm guide. She is pleased to bring all of this knowledge together to best support you on your journey. She deeply believes this life is such a gift and celebrates daily through living in ceremony. She recently was accepted to study her doctorate of traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. She's beyond stoked to continue expanding her rememberings and offerings. What a beautiful write-up. I love it. It's juicy. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mr. Mason. So Mason is a conscious relationship guide, a life coach, a mystical wizard, yoga teacher, healer, and group facilitator. Uh, He is a man on a journey to truly understand the masculine and how it can better support the feminine on this earth. He is someone who has experienced a lot of life altering events and rather than have them hinder his growth has used them as a catalyst to finding embodiment. Beautiful. So I just want to say that energetically I was guided towards these two beautiful souls because I didn't even really know that they did this. I knew kind of a little bit about what you did from your postings and stuff, but I didn't know this. And this is exactly the work that I'm doing. Essentially, we're walking a very similar path towards embodiment. That's such a beautiful word. I love that word. I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just really excited to have you guys here. So um, why don't we start? You guys are a couple. you're a couple and i want to i want to unpack um what that looks like for you guys how do you guys define your relationship what sort of structure does it operate within um let's let's share with the listeners a little bit about that before we move into unpacking uh, jealousy we'll set the context yes okay (laughs) cool do you want to okay so i'll share with um how we met because it's really an incredible story so i had just moved to revelstoke i was road tripping around and i felt really called to just kind of stay in revy for a bit 
And so I was going on a series of really bad Tinder dates. And um, I actually matched with Mason on Tinder, but neither of us messaged each other. And then about a week or two later, I was on a mushroom trip by myself. And all of a sudden I get a message from Mason about, hey, uh, how are you doing? Oh, just to let you know, I'm actually really high on mushrooms and all by myself. I was like, I am also really high on mushrooms and all by myself. Oh my God, we need to meet up and go on an adventure. So we met up, we were like two blocks from each other, went down to the river, talked all night. And um, then he ran away from the hostel screaming, I'm a unicorn, you're never gonna see me again. Um, and then basically I moved in the next day and started unloading my stuff at his house and uh, like year two he tells me that he was so not cool with that but he also didn't want to lose me because there was something really special there so he just let me move in (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious Um, yeah so in the beginning our relationship was very much like at the time I was pretty young still and I like very monogamous, very, very straight, very like not fluid, not open, like open, but not open. Yeah. Um, and whereas Mason had a very different upbringing, his family, I'll let you talk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So for me, yeah, my, my family was very open. We went to nude beaches a lot together and just a very, yeah, just a super open family. Um, and then I always knew that my sexuality was fluid Um, when I was younger I had experiences with men and women so yeah I just was super open Um, and yeah coming into our relationship we started off monogamous but we also started off with a very like conscious way to our relationship we shared a lot of our fears our desires right from the start which like built a really good foundation going forward Um, and then led us obviously to polyamory where we are now. Yeah, and like as much as we love the term polyamory, we use it a lot because it's kind of like the most known term, but definitely we're, yeah, we call it like new paradigm relating because it is, it is not (laughs) polyamory. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, that's um, so much stuff there. I I have so many questions. Um, (laughs) It's great though. So the, let's actually, because not everybody that's listening will understand the terms. So um, why don't we break those down? So different relationship structures. Um, So monogamy, what does monogamy mean to you guys? Yeah, very one-on-one. You only see one person. That's your life partner. Um, You don't explore outside of your relationship. Um, Yeah, that's kind of about it. Kind of like traditional. Yeah, traditional. Traditional relationships. Okay. Okay. And then what does polyamory mean to you guys? So I think um, polyamory very much, you know, there's so much in that, but polyamory very much would be like a primary couple and then having different partners join in into your relationship. Yeah, or just primary couple and each person is also seeing other people and then those people are also seeing other people and it just can go out and out and out (laughs) from there. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, and you guys define yourself as new paradigm relating. What does that mean to you guys? So very much so like, because we're young and we know that in this lifetime, we get to have each other very much like not wanting to miss out on whatever connections arise, whether that be, you know, relationship in whatever form. So that could be like relationship with both of us involved um, with just separately or like 
more and more like three four people long distance living in kind of all of it yeah and also like it doesn't need to be sexual either a lot of people think when like polyamory it's like oh it's just sex but like it's just all about deep connection and just getting to know more people and finding that love for more people yeah 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 interesting and that's i think um when we're talking about the term of jealousy the feeling of jealousy that can show up in the forms of um romantic yes potential from another partner but it can also show up in the form of um friendships like a partner could be jealous of friendships because we're just talking about um intimacy be yeah. p- someone being uh, threatened by intimacy or connection with another and depending on whatever form that intimacy shows up in is that correct for you guys as well yeah 100 percent. yeah like that feeling of th- being threatened right yeah. by any connection for sure yeah yeah okay, okay. um i have f- just a few curious questions <laughs> uh where did you guys both grow up um, so I grew up on a ranch in Southern Alberta. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. And then I grew up in Kamloops, uh, BC. Kamloops. Okay. Yeah. yeah right on. Right on. Yeah. Cool. And where were these nude beaches that you went to? When you... <laughs> <laughs> they were just scattered throughout uh, Kamloops. And then okay. even yeah. just like when I hung out with my family, we we're all nude. And yeah, it just, it was just a very open family um even with my mom and dad like i'm super open about everything like i can tell them pretty much everything so yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it was really cool cool. like his parents were always from the beginning like okay who are you dating now like what's going on (laughs) who's who's happened who's coming whereas like um i only we actually just came came out to my family this year about our relationship and it's been really interesting like my upbringing was very like very conservative um borderline pretty religious and so but it's been really interesting to see like the love that my family has extended and accepted and just been like if that makes you guys happy then go for it yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful i love that um i have three personal questions feel free to decline you don't have to answer (laughs) them okay um first one is how old are you guys I am 24. And I'm 29. 29, 24. Okay. Uh, Are you guys, do you guys know your attachment styles? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, I am definitely more of like anxious attachment. Okay. Yeah. And I'd say I'm anxious and avoidant kind of in the middle. Blend. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, what was my last question? Uh, Your sexual orientation. Uh, Very fluid. Very, very much more of like the heart the heart of the being yeah yeah for me i guess like bisexual but i just like to say fluid as well fluid okay cool (laughs) yeah and the reason why i asked those is because there's a bit of a context i think when we start talking about jealousy like how you guys are showing up in life what Mm -hmm. that looks like for you because i I know for people that show up in in bisexual relationships it's like it's kind of like well i have these two avenues that i want to take so like automatically there's an expectation that you're going to want to ride both those roads you know what I mean so it's like uh, um, so anyway so I just wanted to to get clear on that and then um, we can maybe start looking at uh, jealousy so do you guys want to share like your experience when you guys first started dating like if if or when jealousy showed up and how that showed up for you guys um, yeah. maybe just we can start with the narrative of your guys's oh, yeah. relationship yeah yeah I'm I mean, for me, like even growing up, I was always a jealous person um, and that jealousy came out in the form of control. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all my partners from a young age, I was very controlling um, and I didn't know where that stemmed from or what that was. 
and it always nagged at me. Um, always like, why, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started dating Hannah, she's very much a very free spirit <laughs> um, on her own path, <laughs> independent. And it was a lot of the medicine that I truly needed. Um, and I'd say in our relationship, I'm definitely the more jealous type yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 So like one example, kind of before, before we really like opened up our relationship or anything, I, um, I used to manage snow schools at a ski hill. Mm -hmm. And so being kind of the manager, always being on call, uh, most of my ski instructors were male. So I'd constantly be getting messages from all these guys about like just work stuff. But that often was Mason's like, why are you messaging them? Like what's, what's going on here? You're not at work. Like stop messaging them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that was kind of like the first, so I was like, Whoa, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was the first taste of it in our relationship for, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how did you guys deal with that? Communication really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, getting to the root of it, like, you know, why, why do you feel threatened? Like I'm coming home to you. I'm here. I love you. I care about you. This is just part of my job. Understanding that it's nothing more than just like, this is a legit part of my work that I am paid to do. And I need, I need to do that. So. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I think it stemmed from a, a big distrust in the feminine mm -hmm. um, growing up and then having to heal that um, of course. And Hannah has been a great teacher to help with that. Yeah. Are you aware of where that, that distrust came from? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I've been cheated on a few times when I was younger. And then also just through mother wounds, I'd say. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that. Yeah. And any question I ask, feel free to say, just nod your head, <laughs> right? That's fine, right? That's part of the of process. If you're not wanting to disclose, that's totally cool too. So yeah, no pressure at all. Um, Okay. And then, so what about for you, Hannah Beth, does any um, jealousy show up for you in the, in the relationship or? Um, so definitely uh, it has. So there was a few years ago where we had a partner uh, move in with us and she lived with us for like two months before she was heading back home. And um, all of a sudden having this other woman kind of like in my home, you know, I was like, whoa, I mean, like, it's been cool when we've had partners and we go visit and they live over there and we live over here. But now all of a sudden there's someone here all the time. And like at the time I was working quite a bit and Mason wasn't working as much and she really wasn't working as much either. So they were spending a ton of time together. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't know about this. Like that was a lot. Um, and so like dealing through that having three people, three-way communication, like hours and hours of communication. I feel this way when this happens. Well, that makes me feel that way. Well, that makes me feel that way. Okay, coming back to me. Well, that makes me feel that way. <laughs> um, so just really, and you know, Mason and her did just such a beautiful job of like holding that space and allowing me to be the good, the bad and the ugly and just share my heart and what was going on. And I'm really grateful for that because that was kind of the first real like, hard sting of jealousy that I had kind of dealt with. And um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so interesting. I'm like, just thinking about like putting myself in, in that um, situation. And I feel like that would be so challenging for me. And it's, it's making me lead into myself with curiosity. Like, why would that be challenging for me? What does that bring up for me? Mm -hmm. And I've always been the person to live that way where it's like, okay, like, let's go in and, and do some inner inquiry and see like, why is this so like, <laughs> uh, I feel like it would cripple me. Yeah. 
um, so yeah, anyways, I'm just kind of at a, at a place, um, in my life where I'm exploring this sort of stuff and I'm not quite sure how I want to show up in relationships right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of opening myself up to moving and I call it f- fluid exploration or mm-hmm. flow exploration where I'm just really, I'm, I'm not wanting to be in a relationship, a committed relationship, but I'm wanting to move in between connections and, uh, yeah, it brings up some still brings up some stuff, right? But I think for me, my, my jealousy shows up the most strong when I'm in a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. because I make that person my everything. And then when somebody comes into the connection, um, whether it's friendly or not, I feel threatened, like they're going to take my everything, and I'm going to be left out, or I'm going to be abandoned or something. And though that really ties into my uh, core wounding, which is around abandonment. So jealousy for me is directly tied to um, the fear of loss and the fear of loss is directly tied to um, the fear of abandonment, which I think is my deepest seated wound. So yeah, it's deep stuff. It is. And I would say that's so like, that's so relevant for most people, you know, that whole like, you are my everything. And now all of a sudden, friendly or not, that is being threatened. And here I am out of it. Yeah, definitely. I can relate to that, that fear of like, oh no, this person's going to leave me and I've invested like everything into it, right? Even with us, sometimes it comes up for sure. Yeah. And it's almost like a safe zone for me to like be in this flow exploration because it's like, it's it's allowing me to put my eggs in a whole bunch of different baskets Mm -hmm. and not not one person can have all my eggs. (laughs) But -hmm. I think what I'm learning through this process is um, self-sovereignty, how to stand in my own. And and really at the end of the day, I'm not really giving my eggs away to anybody. My eggs are all mine. And when I'm with somebody and in connection, they can have an egg while I'm with them, but I'm going to take my egg back when I leave. You know what I mean? Because it's about keeping myself um, strong, standing in my power, Mm-hmm. And not making somebody more important than I make myself. A mm-hmm. uh, huge lesson that I'm learning right now. And I'm, I'm doing this through boundaries. And yes. I think boundaries really tie into a lot of this. I'd like to actually unpack that a little bit when we, uh, when we go. But let's stay true to our word and maybe unpack. <laughs> <laughs> or otherwise, we'll just go. I'm so ADHD that all before you know it, I'm like talking about like ants. And we're not even yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> That's both of us as well. <laughs> Um, so what is jealousy what's the purpose and the meaning like why is it even a human emotion why do we need it do you want to go first (laughs) um i think i mean jealousy um like so many other emotions it's here to teach us you know we can look at it through that lens of like well what can i learn from feeling this and how how did that show up how did that show up first in my life and what kind of happened in my childhood because you know at the end of the day everything happens in those first like zero to seven 14 years of our lives that really impact our brain and how we think everything so like getting to the root of it how is this serving me how is this what is this teaching me yeah definitely for me you know i look at jealousy and i look at all emotions um and we always have the choice to choose how to feel it. Um, Mm -hmm. So when jealousy arises, you have that choice to bring that awareness and be like, Oh, I'm feeling this, but what actually is it right? Like what, what is jealousy? It's just something that your consciousness makes up. um, And then you can choose to move through that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. And I think the one area where I might put an asterisk would be when there's significant trauma, because I yeah. think trauma is the one thing that it's extremely hard to embody the emotion when we've been traumatized, because especially if our trauma is actually in our body, which it always is, it's stored in our body. So when we become dysregulated, if the trauma is unprocessed, we can't regulate, we can't actually get out of that cycle, right? So we mm -hmm. act out or we become malicious and we have, we, we find ways to excrete the jealousy, but it comes out in unhealthy ways and we create a drama, we create dysfunction and we create pain and hurt for other people from our jealousy, right? Mm -hmm. um, so... I'm trying to answer my own question. What is the purpose of jealousy? Um, it's not an easy question to answer. Really? No. About it. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Um, I think, yeah, I guess it's just the ultimate teacher, right? Like it's just it helps us guide us to our better selves in yeah. a sense. But that's like most emotions, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe a better question actually is what is underneath jealousy? Mm -hmm. Yes, because I find so often, you know, jealousy or other emotions and those stories that are looped to them, then what, you know, what are those stories and why, why is these stories looping and like, why, why is this jealousy coming up and that sort yeah. of yeah, and like what's underneath jealousy, like you said, would be what past trauma have you mm -hmm. experienced or what hurt caused you to feel that way in the future, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think flavors for me would be like inadequacy, mm -hmm. inferiority. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a quote on one of my lack of self-worth. Well, that's basically everything, right? That's yeah. huge. It's yeah. huge. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a quote on my, my Inspired to be Authentic Instagram, and it was, jealousy without comparison can, be, can just be intrigue. Mm -hmm. So if we're experiencing jealousy and we don't attach comparison to it, what is it? it? It it loses its power. So we have to look at the other, and we have to then compare it to self in order for us to become activated and start to feel the inferiority, inadequacy, low self worth. So it's maybe part of the healing of jealousy is to to stop comparing ourselves to others and and stand in the value, the unique value that we bring as a human being, and not have to really measure ourselves up against other people. That's a theory. That's a beautiful theory, right? <laughs> but how the heck do we do it? Because it seems almost impossible. Like we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, you know, like, mm -hmm. as do you guys have any tips or strategies on how you guys try to avoid falling into that trap? I think for myself so much, um, coming back to the boundaries and like honoring my energy and my sovereignty and, you know, knowing that I have it all within me, that this is just my partners are just an enhancement to my life. And in that, you know, I really lean heavily into brother and sisterhood. And yeah. so then taking away that kind of comparison or that, mm -hmm. you know, that need to be better or like prove myself to people and just like staying in my own and staying, staying, yeah, in my own little bubble. And um, yeah, really just not not focusing and not comparing and getting you know through the objective lens of like oh what is this here to teach me yeah 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 and just remembering you're an independent being mm -hmm. right like your partnership doesn't define who you are um so not bringing that comparison or jealousy in when they meet someone new or whatever just know that you are you and you are worthy yeah um, 
lots of reprogramming. <laughs> I know. And lots of conditioning. <laughs> Unpacking conditioning yes. is so crucial. And right now, this planet is collectively unpacking their conditioning, especially around relating, mm-hmm. right? So you guys are such at the forefront of this work, like new paradigm work, relational work. That's huge because people are really questioning like traditional styles of relating and being like, is this actually for me? And um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Um, I wanted to touch on something that I was navigating because I'm kind of just on like a, a month long no contact break with a guy I was relating with because things were starting to become too codependent and we just needed some space. Mm-hmm. And what I was noticing that I was doing is I was using a lot of covert contracts, which are essentially these contracts that we create as a way to um, suppress the, the other So we don't have to experience, so it's control, you know, but what we're doing is we're actually suppressing our own personal power. So a a perfect example is like, you know, um, telling my partner that I don't want them cuddling with other people, or I don't want them doing this, or I don't want them doing that and, and masquerading them as boundaries. But really these are just ways that I can feel safe in the relationship without having to face my, my fears. And, um, what I noticed that I was doing was I was starting these covert contracts were actually um, enabling me to deny myself a separate, a separate world from my relationship. And I was noticing that when I deny myself a separate world outside of the relationship, that's when I become anxious um, for my partner having a separate world. Because if I'm, if I'm starving myself of a separate world and my partner's enjoying a separate world, of course, that's going to bother me. So I'm learning how to stand in my own power now and like really, really honor my separate world. And then it makes me experience less jealousy of them having a separate world. And these covert contracts, I kind of describe them as like being, being like, like hungry and going to a buffet and watching everybody eat while you starve. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's really what I was doing to myself. So it's like, no wonder I was out of control and my anxious attachment was activated because I wasn't allowing myself to do the things that were making me feel um, powerful and, and, and happy. So that's mm-hmm. been a big learning for myself as well. Um, and that comes with boundaries. So maybe that's, that, that's the next thing we can start to look at is like, how can boundaries be a way that we can start to um, work with jealousy? I think one thing I will add to that is like from the beginning of us kind of like opening and exploring our relationship, we always kind of had like a no rules kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that really helped us like really navigate the full expanse of emotion and whatever came up because not having those, like having, you know, communication obviously, but being like, well, you can explore whatever kind of relationship that is, you know, like if you want to cuddle, if you want to just like be intimate and help each other grow or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And then really coming back to like, okay, well, how did that make me feel, you know, um, to kind of, yeah, go uh, 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 the other way of the covert contracts, like just really allowing yourself to be into it and feel it all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so that's fascinating because it's like, I immediately feel anxiety <laughs> when, when you say that, because I'm like, oh shit, like how would I keep myself safe? Because, um, there's a part of me that I do have some unprocessed trauma in my being. And it's like, um, if, if I'm going to heal relational trauma, there's a component that needs to be healed within body and self, but there's also a component that if it's, if it's created in relationship, I feel like it needs to be aspects of it needs to be healed in relationship. Cause we are, we're, we're biologically hardwired for attachment and connection. So it's like, how, 
how can somebody have balance there? Because like the no rules for me makes me feel anxious. So how can we start to implement boundaries in a way that they're not, they're not controlling the partner, but they're almost steering the relationship in a direction that serves both partners. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, there a way that honestly, just at the beginning of the relationship, just communication, just laying out your fears, your desires, um, what makes you scared, right? Like what, what you don't want to happen within relationship Um, and then setting that boundary with each other, but also allowing each other to push that boundary because otherwise the growth won't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, would you say it's allowing each other to push the boundaries or is it you saying, okay, I've grown a little bit and now my boundary can, my edge can expand. Do you have, do you have control over that or does your partner have control over whether they can infringe on your boundary? I think ultimately you always have control, right? Um, And you want to have control. Mm -hmm. So just allowing the growth to happen and then yes, letting it just push further, further, further. But at the same time, what I found with Hannah is she loves to push my boundaries (laughs) and that's okay. It's uncomfortable, but it also allows for so much growth. Knowing, you know, at the end of the day, like this, whatever relationship is hopefully for your highest and you're either going to celebrate it or you're going to learn a lot of lessons out of it. Um, And, you know, like, yeah, coming back to like huge communication so that you really know your partner and you really know their wounding and what makes them tick. And then, you know, as you grow together, being the partner, you can see how, where they're at and where they're at. And maybe it's time for them to be pushed a little because sometimes, you know, growth is uncomfortable and you're not always going to want to jump into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know how many people go through this life not sharing their (laughs) wounds with anybody? Absolutely. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad because it's like they're so scared of vulnerability because they're scared of somebody having the remote control Mm -hmm. for their feelings. And Mm -hmm. to give somebody that power over your feelings, that's the ultimate surrender, in my opinion. It's like, um, but then what, what can happen is if you give your remote control to somebody that, you know, maybe too soon or you don't have a foundation of trust, um, that's where trauma can be yes. re- re-experienced or created, exactly. right? Um, so it's really about kind of navigating um, it at a pace that like, is like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to take the plunge. You know, and listening, yeah, of course, listening to your intuition and like, is this is this being a being that, you know, I, I feel safe with and that I trust mm-hmm. and that, you know, mm-hmm. coming back to that, because I mean, that, is huge at the end of the day yeah you wouldn't give your remote control to someone you just met totally (laughs) yeah yeah if you have boundaries there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people that don't Mm -hmm. and that's where they struggle Struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Hmm. yeah that's um (laughs) so why why is jealousy so hard for so many people i mean I think it's just been so programmed into us, this Western society, you know, like it's the fairy tale of the classic. We all grow up watching the Disney movies, the princess meets her king and they get married and life is good then. And it's just the two of them. And, you know, like so often too, we see, you know, so many couples that they find each other and, you know, maybe they have that one good friend, but really, most people in relationship I find don't really have that like intimate relationship with other people outside their partner. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then from like a male to female relationship um, that I've noticed and that I've seen a lot and a lot of males is that ownership of the woman or that sense of ownership. So this is my woman or I, I'm dating this woman and I, she's not allowed to see anyone else. Um, so that's where jealousy really comes from. And you, like Hannah said, you see it a lot in a lot of movies and uh, just a lot of societal ways day to day. Um, so I think that's where it comes up. Yeah. It makes me kind of think of like, there's this animalistic part to us, mm -hmm. right? And if you see certain animals, like they will kill mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. somebody infringes on their, with, on their mate. So yeah. it's like, how much of, is there a spectrum of this is just their, their wiring? This is that person's wiring. Like this is how they want to show up in this life. And they're not they're not wanting to process through that because they're they're they just think that that's what works for them and they find a partner who wants to be chosen and wants to be controlled so it's like i want to just really highlight that this isn't um about defining what is good or what is bad in relationships it's really no. just about um what works for you mm -hmm. and brings you happiness and love right because it's like sometimes people don't realize how much fear is actually in their relationship and if you're constantly in fear then that that's where you need to learn you know, inner inquiry and go in and get curious about, okay, why am I always afraid of my partner going out and doing these things? What does that bring up for me? And yeah, like, where does that stem from? What, what is in me that's causing that? Because yeah. ultimately your partner isn't doing anything. You're, yeah. you're feeling it. So, yeah. 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 Um, so there's a lot of self-ownership that, um, and, and, like taking responsibility for our feelings when it comes to relating, especially when there's a lot of intense emotions. How do you guys practice doing that? Um, we, yeah, some tips would be really, really awesome. <laughs> um, I think uh, I'll speak for myself, um, yeah. like daily practices to keep you connected with yourself, meditation, your movement practice, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do in your day, do it daily to keep you connected so that when those triggers arise or whatever comes up, like you're at least connected with yourself that you're able to, okay, I need to take space, reground a bit. And then we can have this talk or, you know, maybe I'm not feeling the talk today. I'm just going to let you know that I'm triggered. And when I reground myself tomorrow, we'll see where I'm at tomorrow. And then maybe we can have that talk then. Yeah. 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 And for me, I think a big thing is having purpose. So having a purpose without your relationship is really key to to just hold that stuff off, I guess, right? Um, and also just finding things that bring you joy day to day. Um, so you don't have to dwell and focus on it all the time because eventually your mind will get over it as you continue on with your day or life. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys, either of you guys ever had the experience where you become so intoxicated by love or loving feelings that you like other things in your life just start to lose like, and you're just like, you want to be with that person all the time. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, a perfect example right now is we have a partner visiting and she's been visiting since Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Okay, the one in the pictures, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. totally. Okay. Um, and it's just turned into this vortex of love, which is super amazing. Um, but 
finding that time away to, for me, continue on my purpose or mm-hmm. do my work mm-hmm. or go on a run mm-hmm. when all I want to do is just hang out with two beautiful women. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. it yeah. is, yeah, you get consumed. We often sure. warn our partners that we tend to be a bit of a vortex. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, you know, like if you come stay with us, like weeks will probably pass by before you realize that you should go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It happened um, last year, right before COVID. We had another partner come and visit just for the night, you know, come to our meditation circle. And then two weeks later, she's like, oh, geez, I I need to go home. Like, I need to get on with my life. And like, the two of us were kind of like, hmm, how late can I go into work today? How early can I get off today? um so yeah and like for me one thing that's really helped me is like no I need to have my meditation I need to have my movement I you know I need to have these things in my day and that makes me feel good about myself and then I can like a focus that time on myself so that I can better show up and like direct the relationship yeah I definitely have a harder time with that um Mm -hmm. I resonate a lot with the lover archetype um in masculinity so I just Mm. dive deep into it me too (laughs) and it's hard to pull myself out yeah Um, but yeah it's good that Hannah is here to help me (laughs) yeah guys we need to make dinner let's go (laughs) stop snuggling yeah Yeah. (laughs) I know it's so beautiful it's so beautiful when you're when you're in that and for me I find that a lot of my relationships become codependent because of that because I get intoxicated I love love so much and uh and then it's it, it's hard for me to want to be in my life because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my friends are wonderful, but like, I'd rather be like snuggling with my partner because it feels so good. And um, yeah, so it's like that there's there's a fine line and a lot of people stumble over that line constantly. Um, yeah, I think you guys have already shared the tips, like really just stay grounded, stay rooted. Grounding is huge, actually, yes. I think oh. in this. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah one thing I really try because like always whenever a new partner comes to visit it's usually like two or three days of like deep vortex like my practices go out the window for two or three days and like whew. um but in those times I really try and like focus on like hey let's just go for a walk let's get outside go for a walk feel the sunshine you know feel the ground beneath our feet and just like taking the vortex outside to ground a bit so that maybe the vortex isn't so yeah yeah Yeah. and another like another thing like talking about grounded you know like when hannah say goes on a date with a new man or woman um keeping yourself busy and grounded and finding those things that bring you joy so that way you're not focused on what your partner is doing because ultimately you should be focused on what you're doing right yeah so that's yeah. a huge, huge tip. Yeah. Yeah. Loss, <laughs> loss of sense of self, loss of sovereignty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are really huge flavors that show up in, in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm calling in right now to learn how to do that. Because I do, I truly do believe that monogamy is my, my life path. I think I'm going to find a partner, build a beautiful life together. And we're going to have, cause I'm just, I'm, I'm demisexual. I'm highly sensitive. I like, I don't really need um, a, a, a variety of partners. Mm-hmm. I can be, tend to be really satisfied with one partner cause I can go really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to learn how to be more fluid and more self-sovereign in my relationships because I get swept away too easily. Mm-hmm. So this is my practice now moving forward. And uh, you guys are sending me off on a really beautiful energy to be able to do this. Cause mm-hmm. I can feel into your guys's um your guys's vibes yeah it's really it feels really beautiful 
Have you guys ever had a male partner or is it all yes. females? No, yeah, yeah we have yeah. for sure. We've had a, quite a few actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And how does that differ for you guys? It's so different. So, it's so, so different. different. Like, you know, just like masculine and feminine, like feminine energy is so like soft and sensual and like, just like, mm. and then like, you know, I find often like a lot of our masculine partners have been very like feminine, which is really beautiful, but it's just like a bit more structure, a bit more like, I don't want to say hardness, but just it's it's different it's different but mm. it's really beautiful and it's like oh, i like it's such an experience yeah and for me i quite enjoy when we have another male partner in the mix um because it gives me time for myself <laughs> which is bad in a sense because it keeps hannah distracted in a sense um so i have more time to focus on me whereas right now i'm definitely more distracted and hannah's able to go do her things oh it's interesting yeah why do you think that is i'm not sure I think it's probably just, I don't know, like as, you know, as fluid as we are sometimes, I definitely find that like when Mason has another woman in his life, I'm like, okay, she can kind of give him that like feminine motherly love so I can like root myself over here for a bit and ground. Whereas like when I have another man in my life, it's like, okay, well, I can give Mason that time because I don't need his like masculine structure right now. I can go seek it here, Mm. you know? Whereas like, yeah, when I'm dating a woman, then we're both like swept up in the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay um, yeah it makes sense yeah, yeah yeah i don't you know it's the energy the energetics of it all it's so interesting yeah mm-hmm. um what was my question around making each other jealous mm-hmm. did you ever go through a period where you intentionally made each other jealous because you were not sitting with your jealousy you were you were hurling your jealousy back onto them um I would say I no I'm very much like hey guys this is how I'm feeling like let's work through it like I very much come from a place of like I don't want I don't want to hold this in my being I don't want to sit with this it feels gross or it feels whatever so like I want to work through it I'm asking for support I'm asking for your love like how can we make this feel better so that I'm not just this like angry little troll in the corner (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. where I've definitely been the angry little troll in the corner (laughs) um, projecting my crap onto her for sure um I don't know if it was intentionally but yeah definitely have done that yeah yeah I have too (laughs) I definitely have too yeah yeah yeah, playing the games of jealousy and then what that that's yeah. you want a sure way to erode a relationship start hurling your jealousy back and forth and trying to create jealousy for each other it's going to destroy the relationship very very quick super quick yeah. <laughs> most of my relationships have had that actually to be honest and it's uh but it's i also think do you guys prescribe to the belief that we're constantly our relationships are constantly just mirroring back to us our ourselves everything 100 percent. everything yeah. a yeah. life is mirroring back to us everything yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, I'm trying to think there's something that happened the other day and I was oh yes so Mason and I were having a bit of like we were in the car driving Mason was driving and I started getting really projecty and I was just like spewing all this kind of frustration and anger at him and as we're driving all of a sudden there's 12,000 cars all over there's people cutting us off we need to be in that lane turning over there and I was like wow macrocosm microcosm like this is hilarious the universe is like get your shit together stop it <laughs> 
yeah isn't that hilarious how that happened <laughs> so funny yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but yes very much and like yeah like a lot you know whatever relationships show up for you currently is probably the medicine that you need yeah yeah oh mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. huge yeah it's always someone's holding that mirror back at you and you're like oh boy yeah <laughs> i need yeah. to work on that yeah even between the two of us constantly you know yeah. like one day yeah like it'll be like oh like here's you like figure it out like six years later you're still not figuring it out yeah (laughs) um but it's so beautiful to at the same time you know know that you're held in safe space and can work through that and um you know as ugly or gross as it may be that it's not going to be the end of it you know yeah Yeah. and i think hannah made a good point there is creating that safe space within the relationship um so that the other person can feel that or go in on that and honor that reflection because ultimately if you don't feel safe within your relationship to do that then you're not going to be vulnerable or you're not going to be authentic to yourself yeah and coming back to you know when you first start you know conscious relating and like really creating that container from the base the foundation so that you can both grow together and you can share from your heart and you can you know really communicate vulnerably about what's going on for you Mm. I think like our relationship would have been entirely different had we like the first few weekends that I Mace that Mace and I spent together we were just like deep in communication on okay what happened for you in childhood why did that make you feel that way you know and from there like yeah our relationship would have been so different had we not had those conversations from the very beginning yeah I think like the second weekend we hung out Mm -hmm. we went camping and I spent like four or five hours just deep crying in a tent wow. just, just to Hannah about, yeah just about oh. everything um and all my fears and yeah so I think that built that foundation going forward mm-hmm. yeah that's so beautiful because it's like that's the two essentials for me to relate to somebody are vulnerability and emotional intelligence. If they don't have those two things with all due respect, I just won't get myself involved. Those two things need to be present. Um, So yeah, because you need that foundation, especially if you're consciously relating, how can you consciously relate without vulnerability or emotional intelligence? It's impossible. Doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 One of my deep fears about because who knows maybe polyamory is in my future i don't know i'm i'm recognizing actually that i don't really have much choice (laughs) the universe (laughs) the universe is literally guiding me my soul is guiding me and the what doesn't have choice is my ego Mm -hmm. and i live from ego and when i live from ego i feel like i don't have choice because my soul is what is driving my bus so I'm like, who knows? Maybe it, I will end up being a polyamorous relationship and my ego's like, no, don't do it. It would be horrible. <laughs> but my biggest fear is this. Getting involved in a relationship and somebody coming along and my partner falling deeper in love with that person than me. Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean for me? Right? Mm-hmm. So is this also alive for you guys? And how have you navigated it? It's, it's funny you say that. So when we first told my mother <clears throat> that we were polyamorous, she made it clear to me that I was not allowed to fall in love with anyone else. Um, and then also to Hannah, she would always not say grill, but grill. <laughs> Don't you ever leave my son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then knowing that our love is so deep that even if 
that did happen, that's okay, you know, and having that awareness that it's okay. Um, because ultimately I'm going to love Hannah for the rest of my life, no matter what, even if we did separate, which I don't think is in the cards, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, that is definitely obviously a fear and how could it not be? It's a fear in any relationship dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like, you know, recognizing that as much as, one person can give you all of what you want and need or desire seemingly at the end of the day, you can't really expect one person to meet all of your desires, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if that's like, you know, you have your lover in monogamy, but then like, you know, you need your friend for the intimate Mm -hmm. connection to deal with X, Y, and Z. Um, And definitely like when we first started having like other partners kind of it came up from, you know, a feeling of inadequacy that I'm not able to meet all of my partner's needs. But then recognizing that like, as much as I am God and the creator of my reality, I am not a superhuman, I cannot be 12 different people in one. And, you know, I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses and that's just a part of the human condition. And if another being can come in and have the strengths that are needed for this time in our relationship and offer that into our relationship, then that is beautiful. And I am so grateful to hold that space and allow that to be because then it is a full, complete, juicy bulb for that moment, you know? Yeah. And then I think that also (laughs) helps you from moving away from that relationship because I know with Hannah if she's not going to give me everything I need I can go find that somewhere else but I'm still with Hannah right I don't need to just end the relationship or move on from it Um, I can just kind of dab dab my toes somewhere else to get what I need Mm -hmm. but again that is a huge reprogramming shift (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah big time big time I'm like trying to think of like, cause you guys are stimulating a lot of stuff for me right now. I'm like thinking about all this stuff. What do you think it's, do you think it's reasonable for someone to be in a polyamorous relationship, but have like say three partners, but none of those partners meet each other. You have three separate relationships. Yeah. It yeah. depends on mm-hmm. what everyone wants in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for us, deep connection is huge. Um, for me, meeting everybody, having that connection with everybody is what I desire in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But I also know a lot of other people that don't desire that within polyamory um, and do like to keep it separate um, and do kind of like to keep each other in the dark. Um, And I've met a lot of partners that wanted to be in the dark and didn't want to say meet Hannah and it just didn't work for me. So that's, that's my boundary of like, no, you you are in it like you're you're meeting everybody doesn't need to be sexual doesn't need to be whatever but you need to have that sisterhood Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be with Mm -hmm. hannah Mm -hmm. i think that just comes down to again how highly we value communication like i don't want to have to like oh i can't tell you that funny story because it included my partner and that's going to trigger you like you know i i want to be as open and vulnerable as i can be and a big part of my life is sharing the good the bad and the ugly and I'm, I'm not going to hold myself back from sharing because that doesn't jive with you. So you kind of don't jive with me, (laughs) but, but it does work for some people, but absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot, when I think of polyamory kind of traditionally, it is very much kind of more separate. Yeah. 
um, which is why I don't necessarily identify so much with polyamory. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, okay, I want to go into some of the tangible things that we can offer the listeners uh, around feeling jealousy. Um, because this is, it's such an interesting thing. I hear this from a lot of people around, like, they, 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 they think that they're going to get to a place where their jealousy has gone. <laughs> and that's like being like, oh, I no longer feel sadness anymore. I no longer feel jealousy is an emotion that does not leave. We just get better at being with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to preface with that. Um, mm-hmm. We're not looking to extract jealousy um, because the extraction method of jealousy is repression. We, mm-hmm. we, we think we're not feeling it, but it's still encapsulated inside of our bodies. So I just want to say that um, to the listeners. So w- what we, we want to offer you guys is an opportunity to understand how to health healthy, healthily feel jealousy. Um, so we're no longer uh, swept away by it. And we're no longer feeling like we have to sweep it under the rug, we can actually be with it. So why don't we start with you, Hannah, what are some strategies and things that work really well for you um, to cope with jealousy? So one thing I will say is that I think this beautiful human experience it's the spiral you know and coming back to these emotions every time and being able to show yourself in the universe that like I've integrated and I've learned and I don't need to lose my cool because I'm in this place again and you know reinforcing that trust within yourself of like I've learned this so you know the first time I really felt that green envy jealousy monster I was like freaking out I was crying I was angry I was frustrated it was not a good look Um, but being held in that safe space and being able to communicate to my partners, Hey guys, this is what's going on for me. And it feels, uh, and like, can we just please talk about this so that I don't feel alone or by myself or that I'm going through this alone. Um, and really just having that conversation, that open conversation, vulnerable, crying, snot out of the nose, like just being like, this is my soul and it does not feel good. So hold me. Um, and then, you know, the next time I felt it, it still struck me really deep, but I was like, I don't need to go to that level because I healed on that level of some part. Now I'm up here a bit where it still feels like, but I'm able to, Hey guys, can we hold space? And we have sharing circles, a lot of sharing circles. Can we have a sharing circle? I need to talk about this. This is how I'm feeling. Okay. What can we do to support you? cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Give me cuddles and love. I'm very much like a physical touch person. So like just being held in that way really calms me down and brings me back to that like calm nervous system. Yeah. yeah, And then, you know, every time it shows up again, just being like, I don't need to go there. I can stay up here. I don't need to go there. I can stay up here. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, you know, Like you said, jealousy doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. It's always there. It's like sadness. It's like happiness. Um, But starting to reprogram your mind to look at it as compersion, which was something that we learned at the beginning of our relationship. Um, And what compersion is, is finding joy in someone else's happiness. So when jealousy arises, if I'm jealous of Hannah's on a date with someone, I try to just shift it to happiness. I'm happy that Hannah is making that connection. I'm happy that she's able to explore herself and then move through that, um, move through it with happiness rather than envy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a big Which deal. Is, Compersion. I, yeah. I've never even heard that. That's amazing. Yeah. Compersion. <laughs> Are either of you two empaths or highly sensitive people at all? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting as well because our souls are definitely deeply entwined just from past lifetimes and this lifetime. And so even when Mason's on the other side of the house having a discussion with whatever, I know exactly how he's feeling. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to need to deal with this and address this right now. <laughs> So that he's just not sitting with it and vice versa. Um, So it's really interesting to bring that in as well, you know, and especially like when another partner comes in and we like telepathically know where each other (laughs) are at and having that conversation is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that brings us at an advantage for empaths and HSPs because compersion actually, I'm kind of relating like, okay, like I can feel people's pain. And I think empaths, we often kind of fall into the cracks of like, oh yeah, I feel everybody's stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what about all the good stuff? We can, right. we can feel joy. We can feel love. We can feel all those things. So that actually just was a huge epiphany for me to be able to be like, okay, how can I reframe that and start looking yeah. at how can I start to feel other people's joy? Yeah, it's just that shift yeah. rather than, oh, I'm feeling all this negative energy. I'm so down. It's just, wait, I can feel that total other side of it. Yeah. And then just focus on that. Yeah. Not to yeah. say that you don't feel <laughs> down energy. Because yeah. You do. Yeah. Um, but just really starting to reprogram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like seeing Mason in his joy and his king energy, it just like lights me up and makes me want to be, you know, so much better and show up so much more for him in my queen energy because I'm yeah. like, wow, he feels so good. He is so like h- love, high vibe, like, yes. Yeah. So and good. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you give each other um, space to be autonomous the other person is in their power and then you get somebody who's in their power. And then when they're in their power, it's infectious. And I think a lot of relationships end up falling into the trap of like, you don't want your partner to rise too high. So then you don't rise too high because we are who we spend our time with. Right. And we feel the feelings of the people that we spend our time with. And if somebody's feeling suffocated or or suppressed in the relationship, we're going to likely feel those same things. Is that a cat? (laughs) Yes. Can I meet him or her? This is oh me. hello <laughs> big debut base yeah. oh the other, the other cat's not allowed in the room because he's a little bit more rambunctious oh i see okay <laughs> she can funny. stay <laughs> <laughs> right on um so is there anything else that you guys feel is important to share with the listeners maybe we can all just take like a moment and just like connect to self and see if there's anything that's like wanting to come forward and wanting to be shared or even a question that you might have? I think, you know, on the topic of repression and repressing jealousy, I think when we do that, that can lead to a lot of other complications. So whether it be, you know, you're repressing your jealousy of your partner having a friendship or whatever, then you start to build that resentment, that anger, that sadness, and that stuff that can really, like we said earlier, damage the relationship. So just onto the topic of repression, I think it's really key and important to honor what comes up and and really feel it. Yeah. Otherwise it's just gonna manifest into something else that you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully agree. And you know, with the mechanism inside of us that doesn't want to admit to the other person that we're jealous, 
<laughs> the good old ego it's like there that's the last thing that the ego wants to admit is that i'm jealous right because it means that you're now in control of my experience if i'm not willing to own my experience and um that's that's when so for me uncommunicated jealousy leads to me wanting to make my partner jealous because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sitting with this yucky feeling. So I want to make you sit with it with me. <laughs> totally. Right? The ego loves right? company yeah. and its misery. <laughs> if I'm feeling this, you need to feel this. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, yeah, just hammering home the point of like vulnerable communication. Yeah. Like from the get go, this is where I'm at. Or like, hey, I just got home. I had a bad day. This is where I'm at. This is where I could use your support. Mm. Or like, you know, like supporting and celebrating is one of the biggest things that I always try. Like, hey, what did what can we celebrate today? What did you really feel great about? And what could you use some support with today? You know, what where do you need a little bit of extra love? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so I want to give you guys each an opportunity <clears throat> just to share a little bit about what you guys are offering <clears throat> and how people can find you. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Holistic Hannah Beth. Um, also on the web at HannahBethKuzler.com. I offer online yoga classes as well as holistic wellness support in terms of um, just a whole health system healing through the use of herbs and holistic nutrition movement. And <clears throat> along with that new paradigm relating whatever relationship issues are coming up, we focus on you first and then we focus on the whole relationship. That's a bit about me. Yeah, and for me, you can find me on Instagram at mindful.mason. My website is masonblackmore.com and I offer yoga classes as well um, and one-on-one coaching with whatever may be arising, um, relationship, purpose, just life in general so yeah oh one more plug of course take the time take the time I host um, women's gatherings every full moon on online, which is a really beautiful space to come and sit with your sisters and just enjoy time in divine feminine energy. And together we host meditation circles every new moon, guiding you to connect with yourself and just take some space and silence to really honor you and come back to the amazing being that you are. That's beautiful. I will definitely be attending one of them. The, 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 the full moon meditation that you guys both do, I'll probably come to. Yes. Um, send me any links that you want me to put in the show notes. I'll put everything in the show notes so everybody can be connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say like, there's so much resonance between you two. Like I can feel your connection. It feels so beautiful. And it's something mm-hmm. that I think other people are going to feel and they can model like what they're searching for after this, because it's just, there's so much space, but yet so much closeness. I just really, really wanted to admire that and um, bring that forward. And also just a lot of gratitude to you guys for coming and sharing your story and donating an hour of your time to help people navigate something that's really challenging for them. So, um, yeah. And I will be in Calgary in April and I would love to connect with you guys. Will you be living there in April by then? Um, we'll be up there. We'll be around. Okay. Let's try and link up. We'll go grab a bite or something and shoot the shit and it'll be fun. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. So much gratitude to you. Yeah. Thank you. I feel that. I feel that. So, Yeah. And thanks for the listeners for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully you've um, 
taken some little tidbits today that you can apply to your relationship or to uh, just help you overcome some of the fears that maybe are holding you back from being in a relationship if you're, if you're single. So <laughs> Um, relationships are your greatest mirrors. They're going to teach you. And, you know, it's basically the most potent way to do transformative shadow work is have somebody holding up a mirror for your stuff. So uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast um, network, please subscribe there as well. And uh, have a beautiful day, everybody.